Well, are you thankful this morning that you are able to come to the house of the Lord to worship the King? To be able to call on Him and His presence and touch times of troubles and heartaches and disappointments and our world's full of them. Our lives are full of it. Loved ones, friends, and neighbors. Folks, I'm telling you, if it's ever been a time that we need to be faithful, it's now. Amen. Not just for ourselves, but for those around us. Come to worship you, Jesus. We're not going to let the weather distract us. We're not going to let other things. No, we come to worship. We came on purpose. We came, amen, with a hunger and a thirst for the hand of the Lord and the touch of God, the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Just minister, amen. I appreciate you. I appreciate you coming. And, amen. To put into this, amen, a worship and a thanksgiving and, and a realization, amen, of who he is and what he can do for us. Praise God. Lord bless you. You may be seated. Go let our classes go back. Um, may have to try to make some rain. Sister Woods is not going to be here, so her class uh, can either stay out here with us or if you have enough room. I don't know if you do or not. Try to make some room for them back there. Amen. Okay. Praise God. Lord bless you. Appreciate you. Amen. In the house of the Lord today. I'm telling you, God's good to us. He's been faithful to us. And he's going to be faithful to us. Amen. Through all that we're looking at and observing. Take a note of. Brother Corey, it's so good to see you this morning. God bless you, man. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, it's just uh, uh, made it home in time for the storm. Praise God. That's right. I'd rather be here riding a storm out with my family than Alaska worrying about them every, every minute. Amen. <laughs> Especially when you make a phone call and you text and they don't respond and you're thinking, man. Because that's just that's, that's the human part of us prone to do that. And uh, praise you. But Dylan, it's good to see you. Been missing you around here. God bless you. I appreciate you. Every time I drive by and see that old blue Chevrolet truck sitting up there, I say, pray for you. God minister to you and help you. Good to see you, though, in the house of the Lord with us today. Continue to pray for Brother and Sister Ford, uh, doing better, but still, still having some struggles uh, and uh, just need our prayers. And hopefully, the next two or three days, they really, really will see a, a great uh, uh, turnaround. Amen. But uh, we're praying and believing they're over the worst of it. And uh, so let's continue to pray for them. Pray for others. There's many, many that's. Battling with this COVID, it's, I'm telling you, it's, it's all over our nation. It's not just in our, our state and our county, but it's, it's all over the place and affecting a lot of people. And uh, Brother Sanford did call me this morning and told me that that brother we prayed for Wednesday night was better. He's still on the vent, but his oxygen was up. So there is some uh, good report, a good turn. Amen. It's got to be a turning point, folks. I'm telling you, if you don't ever get that turning point, amen, you're in trouble. And that turning point, amen, goes more than just in the natural and sickness, amen. That's so, also sometimes the spiritual. Praise God, that turning point, amen. Hallelujah. Feel that tide, amen. And when you feel that pull, and amen, and you, you make that turn, and you know, you know you made that turn. I believe that's what the prodigal son done when he came to himself and came to the realizations that at my father's house, the servants, not his sons, but his servants, was doing far better than what he was. He had chose the wrong master. He had given, given himself over to the wrong pathway and the wrong road. And it led him, amen, to a place of destruction. And I'm telling you, if there's ever been a time, a generation of people need to wake up and, and stir themselves and say, you know what, I'm serving the wrong God. Amen. I'm not, I'm not doing what I ought to. I'm fixing to make a, I'm fixing to come to myself. 
Amen. And I'm fixing to cry out. I'm fixing to go to my father's house. I'm fixing to call on this Jesus. Call on this Savior. Amen. They're going to be looking for people just like you. Amen. To be a help to them. To, to give an anchor and to hope and encouragement and comfort. Amen. To help guide them along the way. Praise God. We all need it. We all need it. We haven't made this journey. We haven't finished it. Uh, we all need one another. Encouragement for one another. Uplifting for one another. And uh, so we love you this morning. Appreciate you. Got a good lesson. Last, last lesson. If you haven't got your new Sunday school book, they're out. A little different. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, and uh, this one has been good. We've enjoyed it. And uh, a lot of good things has come out of these lessons. A good lesson today of prophecy and uh, uh, as you look at it from different roles and perspectives and you know you got the, the prophet himself uh, and, and thank God you know we still need prophet prophets are part of the fivefold ministry uh, they're not as as prevalent or as much as you might it could be though God could raise up right out of this church prophets amen and I, I'm talking about prophets that will really be used of God and spoke to the Lord it's because it's very important, amen, to understand that the words that are being spoken or prophesied, amen, is from God, not from that individual. And they hadn't allowed um, external things to cause that to come about, amen. They didn't hear it from a phone call. They didn't hear it from, they didn't read it out of a book, but they heard it from God. And they would be quick to tell you, these are not my words, they're his. And when they're God's words, you don't have to worry about them. They're going to be fulfilled, Amen. If they're not, then, then, you know, but then there are times, amen, when they say certain things have to happen. But you know what? They're going to be pretty accurate with that, too. And so if we'll obey the prophet, obey the prophet, which, watch this, you're not obeying a man. You're obeying the one that he's representing, whose mouth he is presenting. Amen. He is a, a prophet is a spokesman for God. That's where you've got to be very careful how you handle a prophet. You got to be very careful what you say about them. You got to be careful not to put your hands on them. The best thing to do is let God take care of it. You pray and let God handle it. If you'll do that, then God take care of it. If anybody had an opportunity and, and possibly a right as far as in the natural to put their hands on an anointed one was David. But David taught us very well. He wouldn't do it. Twice, twice. And they tried to persuade him to. And they tried to tell him it was in God. Hey, God arranged this. That's right. You know what? God will arrange some things just to test us. Just to see how we're going to respond. And if, we're, if we gravitate toward the area that we want to do it for our glory and our, our means, you know what? We're subject to give ourselves to that spirit. Amen. And I, I, I got some Bible. We'll, we'll talk about it. It's, it's, it's true. Amen. It's true. But uh, we have a real passion, a real desire that, you know what, we want to live for God. We want to, we want to be what God wants us to be. And uh, we need that. So the role of the prophet and prophecy. Hallelujah. Praise God. Prophecy. You know, Joel talks about it. The Spirit of God be poured out upon all flesh. And sons and daughters will what? They'll prophesy. How often do we hear prophecy after somebody receives the Holy Ghost? I understand, and rightly so, we, we seek after looking forward to that time of speaking in that heavenly language. Uh, but often, often, especially in the book of Acts, you see they not only spoke in a heavenly language, they prophesied and magnified this God. Why is that so important? I'll tell you what, something I've realized, especially in the last several months, is how important it is for us to worship this one true God, not to have no idols, no ifs and ands and maybes about it. 
no quandaries about it. We know who he is, and we know he is the almighty God. Amen. To understand that, have a revelation of that. That's one of the key things that David the king, which is a man that sought after God's heart, done some, some things probably in one sense that was worse than what Saul done. But Saul was not willing, amen, to worship this one true God. He wanted to be a man pleaser. Amen. At whatever cost. Amen. He wanted to be a man pleaser. Bow down to others and whatever. But not David. Not David. David wanted to be a God pleaser. Man, and there is a difference. I want to be a God pleaser. Amen. And do it in, in, in the way God wants it done. And, and that's in pastoring. That's dealing with people, uh, circumstances, situations. Amen. And to be used to, to, to please God when the outcome of it will be pleasing to the Lord. So a focused thought is prophets speak what? On behalf of God. They speak on behalf of God. How many of, you, how many of us really know a prophet? How many of us really know a prophet? <laughs> we call Brother McCain a prophet a lot of times. He did. He, he would prophesy and was used in that area. Uh, but I, I believe there's probably more prophets than we realize. And as we study this lesson to a, at least a certain degree, um, how the, the prophecy itself, the term prophecy, prophecy actually is uh, the anointing of God upon the things that are being spoken. Okay, it's not just the foretelling of something, but it's the, the, the preaching, amen, to prophesy. That, watch this. I just mentioned that about those that receive the Holy Ghost and prophesy. That didn't make them a prophet, even though they prophesied. Amen. So prophecy, amen, is, is the unction uh, under the anointing and speaking. Uh, it ties and works together with the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of knowledge. Amen. Uh, if you know what the spirit of knowledge is, a man is something that was given to you by God. You didn't have a clue. Some bird didn't whisper it to you. That little gossip bird. <laughs> but I didn't say gospel. I said gossip. <laughs> Praise God. Uh, you didn't. You didn't hear it. You know. No. It was. You heard God spoke. You know it was a God thing. And, um, I preached a message one time. I'm going to preach it sometime. It's been on my mind the last few, little while. Amen. We need some God things. We really do. Naaman had a God thing to happen in his life. When he tried to choose two other rivers, amen, no, you go to Naaman. You go there, amen. And um, that's, that's where you go. Jordan, I'm sorry. Naaman, go to Jordan. And there, you dip seven times. If you'll just do that. It's pretty simple. You know, it's not way out there. And that's what aggravated him. That's what made him mad. That's what deals with pride. A lot of times people don't mind doing something that's got some pride in it. They can get a little glory out of it. But when it takes all that away, we have a a tendency to rebel against it. (laughs) Amen. So, praise God. Focus verse is going to be found in Exodus 7, 1 and 2. The Lord said unto Moses, See, I have made thee a God to Pharaoh. I have made thee a God. Pharaoh. Man, when I send you, when I tell you to go tell him that this place is going to be full of frogs, that's what's going to happen. When I tell you the flies are going to come, they're going to come. Whenever you come back and you request and ask for them to be, the frogs to be taken, uh, be done away tomorrow, that's what's going to happen. Whatever time, that's what's going to trend. You're going to be as a God to Pharaoh. I mean, you're going to speak to him 
as God over all these elements. And those plagues that God used against the Egyptians to set his free. It was all about to set his people free. Man, I'm telling you what, there's a message in that. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, there's a lot of people that need to be set free. They're plagued by the enemy. Amen. But you know what? If they would hear the man of God, if they would hear prophecy, they would hear the anointing word of God. He can deliver them. He can set them free. Thank God for the anointing of the word of God. How many of us has been set free many times, even after the baptism of the Holy Ghost? And it was the anointing of the word of God that brought deliverance to us and brought direction to us and put hope back in us and got us back lined up. Thank God for it. Amen. For those visitations and moves of God upon our lives. We would be lost and undone. We're on a journey, folks, and we, we got to have it. It's that voice that speaks to us. It's that preacher. Amen. That's in our conscience. that helps us and guides us along the way. Amen. And helps us to make this journey and finish this course and do things that God wants to do. I'm telling you, God wants to be a voice. Amen. That's what he filled us with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He wants to be a voice in our lives and help us along this journey. Praise God. So anyway. Amen. I'm going to make Moses. Amen. You can be a God to Pharaoh and Aaron. Thy brother shall be the, thy prophet. Amen. He's going to be the one that's going to be the spokesman. Hallelujah. Now, we're not real sure altogether if that was God's idea as much as it was Moses. But there could be because you see a little type here, even of the fivefold ministry today. Jesus Christ. Amen. Moses is a type of Jesus. Then you have the fivefold ministry. And you and I, he's the chief cornerstone. Right? And then you have the fivefold ministry. Disciples and followers and apostles of Jesus Christ. <laughs> Amen. And so as you watch this, and, and even Moses is going to come on, and, and that's the latter part of this lesson, Deuteronomy 18, 15 through 22, is talking about the prophet, a man called Jesus Christ, is going to come. He's going to raise up one out of the brethren, liken unto him. Amen. And to hear his words. Folks, it's ever been a time we need to hear the words of Jesus Christ. Anchor them into our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. Not to be shaken off of them. Man, I'm going to stick with the word of God. I'm going to believe what God told me. I'm going to let all this other stuff just blow by me. I'm not going to let it move me or shake me. This is what the book said. And regardless of what trial I'm in right now, what, what desert I'm crossing, amen, what, what situation I'm in, amen, he said he'd never leave me nor forsake me. And I'm going to find the strength and help, amen, from him that I can't find in any other place. There's no other substitutes, amen, than the anointing of God, the power of God that's activated into our own lives. You know what? Sometimes the Holy Ghost will prophesy to ourselves. Or we'll let it. <laughs> Amen. It'll talk to us. It'll help us. And so he goes from that. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. And Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh. That he send the children of Israel out of his land. Amen. They're coming out. We're going to speak. It's going to take a little while. Amen. But you know what? We, you know the story. Probably maybe as better as I do. Amen. Of what, how God used Moses and Pharaoh just wanted, you know, harden his heart and work there. Amen. And get him out of Egypt. And I tell you what, you'd be shocked how often throughout the scriptures. Amen. Through all the, the history of Israel and the Psalms of all how often it's brought back to their attention how God brought them out of Egypt. How many is glad you've been brought out of the world? Amen. That you're alive again. That you, you know who he is. And you know a, a righteous way. A godly way. That you're not blinded. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm glad tonight I'm not, uh, that I'm not lost and undone. Or this morning that I'm lost and undone. Trying to find God. In this world today. With all the voices and ideas and opinions. And with technology and means and ways of, of, of distorting. And, and things of that nature. But thank God. Hallelujah. That this is true. But you know what? The gospel is still the light of the world. The gospel is still a city. A man sitting 
The church is still a city sitting on the hill. Amen. We are a light to the world. And I'm going to tell you what. There's come a time. Amen. We, we become more of a light than ever before. And the most important thing is that we don't be moved or shaken from the doctrines and the commandments. Amen. That's been given to us. We want to hold on to them. We want to practice them. We want to live them. Amen. Alive and well in our hearts, our minds, and souls. Falling in love with the precepts. Falling in love with the commandments. Falling in love with the word of God. We're not ashamed of this gospel. I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm glad I don't have to get up in the morning, amen, and figure out what color I want to get my hair. And I don't say that as slandering toward anybody. But but you know what? We're delivered, amen. We're not shackled down to these kind of things. Hallelujah. We don't have to worry about poking holes in us and doing this and trying to impress me, trying to get an attention. Amen. I, I don't need everybody's attention. You know, if, if we can get the attention of God and the Holy Ghost, I'll tell you what, there's nothing more, more pleasing, more uplifting, amen, than getting into a prayer closet and the power of God falls on you and you get to rolling in there and speaking in tongues and partying and having a good time. You'll leave that place. I'm telling you, drugs can't never do that. Alcohol can't do anything like that. Money can't no kind of fame or position of this world can never do what that can do for you and I. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, a lot of people's missing out of a real good fellowship and companionship with God. And they would have near the troubles in their minds and heart and spirit if they would just keep that burning and alive, amen, in their lives. A lot of that other stuff don't mean nothing. I'm telling you, it really don't mean anything. So, Anyway, let me try to move along here. We're going to try to cover this. Uh, uh, I will try to be mindful of time. I know they'd love for us to get out of here and be whatever they're saying by 12, but uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do good. Okay. As we watch this and begin to watch the word prophet itself, amen, it's mentioned in the Bible some of the first times. And that's what the, the writer of the lesson basically has done here. Amen. It's picked up the first two or three times that the word prophet is even mentioned. And the Bible itself. And so one of the first times it's mentioned in scriptures in Genesis 27. And uh, this is a time with Abraham. Abraham, a man. He had went to uh, Bimelech and to Abimelech uh, the king there. And he had told him that Sarah was his sister. And she was. It was his half sister. But understand something. It's a little different here. Now, if you go back on the way to Genesis, I think the 12th somewhere anyway, uh, back when he went into Egypt, she was a lot younger. In fact, it's been about 20 years prior to this. And, and this same little episode kind of happened in the same sense. But here, a man, uh, Abimelech, and now the Bible tells us she's probably somewhere, Sarah's probably somewhere were around 90 and um, so anyway when he came in there fearful of his own life uh, he would tell them that this is his sister um, well guess what God shows up on the scene <laughs> boy God you know it's amazing to me I find that uh, amazing to me actually in the scriptures how some heathen kings God would visit them with visions and dreams and move upon them and they'd obey God they'd have more faith and confidence and obedience than the Israelite people did in responding what they was called on to do. And so similar to this same likeness here. It's basically what happened. A man, amen, he has asked Sarah to have her brought in. And, um, you know, and some of that may be as more as a political reason and purpose uh, than what you may think at this setting at this time. And so guess what happened? God steps in. And so you pick it up in Genesis 20 and 7. Now, therefore, restore the man. And this is God talking to him in a dream. <laughs> Talking to them like the king. He says, restore the man his wife, for he is a prophet. This is the first time you hear of a prophet in the Bible. Talking about Abraham. And it's given to a pagan king. that calling Abraham. And so what does, what does Abraham basically do in this situation? Listen to what he tells him. He's a prophet, he shall pray for thee. How many would like for a prophet to pray for you? 
There's no doubt. Amen. Could it be that we've lost some of that? Amen. The laying over hands and uh, the transferring by obedience that uh, the world would laugh at and things of that nature. Uh, but, but we would really be shocked at how often we probably see other things happen by just simply by laying on of hands and praying the prayer of faith. Amen. And things that would happen. Even uh, passing the, the torch. Amen. The mantle. Uh, these things were in the Bible. They'll happen. And sometimes even with prophets, we know later on. And I'm not wanting to get way ahead of myself. But we see this with Elijah, with Elisha. Amen. He walks by him with a mantle on the shoulder. Amen. Why? When Elijah thought he was washed up and all, all was done and there wasn't nobody else, you know. Amen. Hey, your, your job's not over with Elijah. Wake up, man. <laughs> Hey, I know you got a bad letter, and I know she's, a, she's bad to the bone, but uh, uh, I'm, I'm still God, and I got 7,000 hadn't bowed their needs, and I got something else you got to do. You got to pass on some anointing. You can't die yet. I know you want to, and you want to get off the scene, and you know what? Everybody gets tired of fighting. You know, everybody gets tired of uh, fighting some of them old devils and doing things of that nature, but you know what? God said, I'm not through with you. So he sends him to Elisha. And so that's what happened. That anointing is passed on. And you know the story of all that. So I'm not going to go into all that. But anyway, he said, you know what he told him? He said, he's going to pray for you. He warned him, though. He said, if you don't return that wife, though, he said, it's going to cause you and all that thou hast. <laughs> Praise God. Some things, you know, God just don't play around. Praise God. And whenever he gets ready, you know, if I'm going to take you, and take all the rest of you. You know what? God can do it. That's the reason. If we'll just let Lord fight our battles. I'll tell you what. He can do a lot better job than we can. And it doesn't matter how, 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 it doesn't matter how large the, the enemy might be. How big he might be. How powerful he might think he is. Amen. God can fight our battles. If we humble and yield ourselves. And make up in our minds and our hearts and spirit. God, I'm going to live for you. I can't, I can't control this one. I can't control that. Guess what? You can't control your spouse. You can't control your moms and dads. You can't control, you know. We're getting in a world today. You can't even control your children. They don't want you to. Well, whatever. Okay. But you know what? God can. God can. God can move and help. Now, we want all this out of mercy and compassion and grace. And this is where we want to work from. Amen. That's, that's, that's what we, we're looking for. Amen. We're, we're not running around here. And it, God's not either. He's not running around with a big club ready to knock everybody in the head every time they make a little mistake. Thank God for that. <laughs> but on the, on the other hand, now watch this. Because Amos prophesied about this. And I know I'm getting ahead of myself and just trying to shoot around a little bit. But anyway, Amos prophesied about that. He talked about their disobedience and transgressions. And he talks about, amen, the Syrians. And then he brings it to Judah and right on to Israel. But if you, if you noticed in that Amos, Amos, that he said, hey, I, I'm, I'm not a prophet, not even a son of a prophet. But I've been called on by God. God spoke to me and sent me. Amen. And he tells them, because you, you have sinned and been disobedient three times, now four. You know what that's telling me? There is a line. There is a place of God's mercy and grace and compassion. And when you step across that line. And so the judgment of God's going to come. And, and, and one reason we're a little hesitant about prophets, and, and for most of my studying, most prophets, for the biggest majority of the time, wasn't good. And they didn't prophesy the good stuff. They prophesied the stuff like, hey, you either straighten up or die. You either straighten up, man, or, or this place is fixing to be destroyed. 
And, you know, that's, that's, that's back the way, that's the way, you know, uh, called you out and said, hey, you're doing such and such and such and such, and you don't repent, God's fixing to clean your plow. Amen. Amen. He's, he's going to get his dime. <laughs> I'll never forget that. Praise God. Hallelujah. I'm glad I don't own, I don't own any cows. <laughs> but you know what? He can get six dogs. <laughs> he can burn a house down. I know we don't like to talk about God now that those rams. We don't we don't never we don't never say that. <laughs> now if a tornado comes through and did blow our house away, we give God glory. But if a tornado comes through and blows our house to we can't even find it. That devil Well, I'm just telling the truth. Watch this. I've heard it from about the pandemic. Some's told me it's from the pits of hell. <laughs> All right, I feel I'm going to leave it alone. <laughs> All right, I believe in a sovereign God, folks. I'm sorry. I believe in a sovereign God. This thing hadn't been done. He, he's, I'm telling you. God's got a purpose. God's got a reason. God's got, I'm, I'm telling you. And I know the devil's going to do everything he can because he, he's just been a devil. He's not going to be nothing else. He's going to be a devil. But you know what? That devil's got a place and, and, and he may not believe it because he's so deceived and he has such a way of deceiving people. At this moment of time, he may feel like, hey, we're going to win. We're going to beat. We're going to. No. I know what the book says. One angel's going to come. Anyway, here we go. So as we watch some of this really begin to unfold, the next time. That you read about it, you're going to see where the word prophet, like all words, and, and the writer brings it out, he says, is defined by its context of where it's been taken from, what, how it's been addressed. And so that helps us to understand. And basically what he means by that, just because someone may prophesy or the Spirit may move upon them to prophesy, amen, doesn't mean that they're necessarily a prophet. Okay? Then we, we understand the area where the Spirit is subject unto the prophet. He has the power to yield himself. Or you know what? He can shut her down. Praise God. Amen. There's a lot to that. Amen. In fact, when you go over to 1 Corinthians, uh, the 12th and 14th chapter, it talks about a lot of that. It talks about the tongues even. <laughs> Man, they got to the place. Everybody had their own song. Everybody had their own communion. Everybody was doing this. They was doing that. <laughs> they was coming and the whole bunch were speaking in tongues. But what was happening? No edifying. No building up. You know. You know. The, the tongues he talks about there is to what? It's edify self. If without an interpreter. I feel another little. Still in the book. Still in the book, folks. Uh, the church, come on. If the Corinth church got messed up like that, why do we think that today we're exempt from all that? We're not. Folks, I'm telling you, we can get caught up in some things and. And some people, you know, can speak in tongues like a Chinaman. At a drop of a hat. And, man, they can just, and all the time, and every time you get around them and say two words in English, and then, man, just speak in tongues for 30 minutes. Who'd they edify? Scripture. Now, let's get to Scripture about this. If there's no interpreter. In fact, he said, hey, two or three, he said, if there's not an interpreter, shut your mouth. Keep it to yourself. We gotta have service. Somebody's gotta be edified. Somebody gotta be build up. We gotta move on here. 
Because that's not going to help anybody. You know, he goes on and talks about it. And then he, he clears it up. He said, hey, I speak in tongues more than all of you prophets. So it wasn't that he was against tongues. But there's a time and place. What happens? When you get the Holy Ghost, you get it with what? The evidence speaking in tongues as what? As the Spirit gives you the utterance. But don't kid yourself. The devil's got a tongues. The world's got one out there. I promise you. And that's becoming more prevalent than you have ever dreamed. The word Pentecost. You'd be shocked of how many's tagging on to the word Pentecost. Because that's a flavor that people's being, being drawn to and grafted to. But the majority of them don't know anything about separation, holiness, and the doctrines in this book. It's all about hype. It's all about, anyway, I'm not prophesying. <laughs> We're preaching about prophesying. Amen. But it's here. It's on us. So we got to examine ourselves. How are you going to do that? Jesus Christ said, search the scriptures. Scriptures. Let the scriptures, let the scriptures. This is how you're going to let God be truth and all men a liar. This is, this is the God part. That you're going to make all men liars and God be truth. What this right here backs up. Now, this falls in with us. Because same way with prophecy. And, and he talks about later on. He, he really nails it down. Amen. If there's sin of God. And don't think there's not. There's, there's multitudes of prophets. False prophets and false teachers. Uh, it was during Israel's time. It's going to be in our time. And they're increasing. Watch this. The pressure of all this is going on. It's going to cause some people. They're going to go to church now. They're going to start looking places to go. They're going to look. And they're going to look for something. It's got some excitement. And something, some movement about it. And things of that nature. And so. Some of this is really going to increase. And if you and I are not established. And grounded in this. And in the Holy Ghost. We're prone to be drawn and subject. To it. So, it goes from that, we get to Exodus 7, 1 and 2. Here, amen, it begins to talk about Moses, amen, his insight here of the response, amen, of his own self, of his reluctance, amen, to speak. And you know the story how that God spoke to him out of the burning bush, and uh, he, he really debates with God that, hey, I, I can't speak. I can't do this. Man, I've been on 40 years on the backside of this desert. And all I've ever been talking to is a bunch of sheep. But if you read the scriptures close enough, the 40 years prior to that, he had some of the most uh, advanced knowledge and opportunity and well-versed. The book of Acts talks about that uh, as of anybody. Now, that was 40 years prior. Okay? So it's just amazing how God allows or works in somebody's life to perfect them or to prepare them. Amen. 40 years under the best instructors and training and insight of technology and what it had to offer of their day and time. And then he's, he pulls him away from that. He sends him to a backside of a desert. Tends to sheep and things of that nature. Uh, isolates him. It puts him, amen, in a wilderness experience and place for 40 years. And, but then he he backs out of that desert, amen, out of that bush. He, and so, but here Moses says, hey, I can't speak. I'm, 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 you know, I don't know, maybe he stuttered, maybe, I don't know. You know, we can put in there whatever we want to. But Moses is one saying, hey, I'm, 
And so he comes to the agreement with God and talks about his brother. And even God talks about that. He said, I have made thee a God unto Pharaoh and Aaron. Thy brother shall be the prophet. Thou shalt speak all that I command thee. And Aaron, thy brother, shall speak unto Pharaoh that he send the children of Israel out of the land. And so when you go to Exodus 4 and 14, you're going to pick it up. Is not Aaron the Levite thy brother? I know that he can speak well. Now, this is God responding to Moses. I know that he can speak well. God knew that. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee, and when he seeth thee, he will be glad in his heart. And thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth. Now, listen to what's being said. Aaron's going to be the spokesman, but those are not Aaron's words. They came from Moses. Now, how much doctrine or doctrine up, I should say, that Aaron may be as an eloquence or something of that nature, because going before Pharaoh, I don't know. You, you deal with that like you want to. See, watch this. A lot of us don't have any problem talking, carrying on, as long as we do it out here with a group. All right? But if I come and brought this mic and hand it to you, say, hey, I need you for the next 15 minutes, just talk to us, and everybody's going to sit out here and watch you and listen to you. <laughs> have a nervous breakdown <laughs> now some may not but the majority would they don't like that they don't like that they don't mind now some don't mind as long as you put a keyboard in front of them or if you put a song before them they, they don't mind that just don't ask me to do some of that other stuff okay that's we understand so here's Moses and so Aaron Aaron God himself said hey he can speak he can speak well and so he went, and glad in his heart, thou shalt speak unto him, and put your words into his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth, and with his mouth. Now watch it, God promised Moses. He said, I'm going to be with your mouth, and I'm also going to be with Aaron's mouth. That's very important. Man, he's going to be the care. Now we're watching something unfold here. Pharaoh and them was actually going to be, ex not the total time, but the majority of time, here comes Aaron. Okay, he's going to be the spokesman. But it's God's words that's put in his mouth by Moses. I remember during the youth camp, Brother Cody Marks had mentioned that he had went to one of the foreign countries. And when he got over there, he had to have an interpreter. And so... The first night, said, man, he really preached, and, but he could tell. He said, hey, something's not right. Something's just not going right. He said, I could tell by the response of the people. He said, something's, just, something's not right. And uh, so he told the guy that was with him, that he's over with, that had set it up, said there was two or three big churches that set it up, the meeting. And so they, I mean, he said, hey, the place is packed out. And, um, and so he told that guy, he said, hey, said, we'll, we'll find out tomorrow night. He said, I'm telling you, something going wrong. Anyway. Make a long story short, he said he got there the next night and said he got to, and said come to find out his interpreter because it seemed like there was another guy that got there and he could speak their language fluently. So he knew both. And so the interpreter was not saying what Brother Cody Marks was saying. He was being the interpreter and he was saying what he wanted to say. And he believed in Trinity. And so, you know what? That's what's happening even upon this earth. Because how many of you have heard lately, God's told me this. This is what God said. Man, I've heard and heard that so much. 
God speaking to me. I believe God moved upon me. You know, if we line all religions up and all people said they're believers of Jesus Christ and believe in this book, let's line them all up. Okay. And how many of y'all said that God told you this? And you're telling me that's, that's this many ways to live for God and be saved? And God's confused. But we know he's not. Because the Bible said he is not the author of confusion. So thank God for the Holy Ghost. Now what? That's the reason when you get in the New Testament, the Bible tells and instructs us about the Holy Ghost. And it re- even to the point that you don't need, uh, have to have someone to teach you. That doesn't mean that you don't have to have the fivefold ministry. Help exhort and do things of that nature. Here's what it means. Amen. That whenever the right word of God, the right doctrine comes across. Guess what? It's going to hook up and connect to the Holy Ghost that's in you. And you're going to know without a waver and a doubt. That's the word of God. That's anointed of God. That's what God wants. And you know what? Even in Pentecost, we have got way too much division than what we ought to have. It's our fault. I'm not blaming nobody. I'm blaming us. I'm blaming us. The five-fold ministry, us, us. You know, we should unify. We should bond together, join together. And, and, and you know, maybe some of this will help some of that. Maybe some of this that's going on will help us to realize, you know what? We need, we need one another. And we, we need all the churches to pull together and all the resources to pull together. Because that's God's heartbeat and desire. And I know some would be very hesitant. Uh, I've mentioned this around a few preachers. and uh, They take on the conversation. Well, they some I'm not going <laughs> to. Uh, okay. What if they repent and start doing right? Or you got a preconceived idea that you're just not going to do it. And, you know. I mean, you got to be careful with all that. we got to be willing to say, you know what, God, I want to be your man. I want to be your voice. I want to walk where you want me to walk. And if he unifies everybody, and joins everybody, brings everybody together. And so, he goes on in Exodus 4, about the 15th verse, says, and he says, And he shall be thou spokesman unto the people, and he shall be, even he shall be, to thee instead of a mouth. And thou shalt be to him instead of God. And it's capitalized there. Moses, you're going to act like God to Aaron and to Pharaoh. Whenever words that you speak, they're going to be as though they're God's words. <clears throat> so these texts identify a prophet as a spokesperson. A true prophet will be God's spokesperson. Okay? Now, let's get to something a little more. What's the next one? When you go down to the A part of the lesson, and you're going to look in Numbers 12, 6, and 8. And I think this is about the last time that he really follows this trend of as far as prophets and things of that nature. But anyway, true prophets, true prophets. But I want you to notice when something comes up. Numbers 12, 6, and 8. This is a time. And actually, let me just, let me just do this. Because this is a topic of our day. A topic that uh, some have preached even to the point... To, you'll wind up in hell over. Now this is going to get a little, now this is going, this is going to get, <laughs> but again, so Numbers 12, got your Bible, you may want to turn there so you know that I'm telling you the truth. <laughs> Praise God. <clears throat> and Miriam and Aaron spake against Moses because of the Ethiopian woman whom he had married. Hmm. 
funny that this is the issue. This is the topic. This is what causes this, this conflict between brothers and sisters. Now, we all know Moses is the one that's a call one. He's the one that's the spiritual leader here. He is the one that is the mouth of God, the voice of God, even to Aaron and Mary. Okay? But here, the Bible talks about how that Miriam and Aaron rose up against Moses simply because he had married an Ethiopian. Watch God. He didn't call any other prophets. He didn't call anybody else on the scene. God shows up on the scene himself. Now we're getting a little clearer idea about how God feels about some of this. I told you this wasn't going to go over good. <laughs> but you can't take it out of the book. Now you can bypass the Numbers 12 all you want to, but it's still there. <laughs> and so he says, and they said... Hath the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses immediately because of his acts? And they began to question his spiritual leadership. Now watch this. If you go back, he done dealt with rebellion one time with Corinth and all of them. And they done accused him and done... God actually even opens up the earth. And even all of those that was associated with them and didn't get their stuff and get back away from them far enough, swallowed in with them. So now it comes to the family with a prophet. I'm going to tell you something. A true prophet lives a lonely life. And that's the price a lot of men and people, individuals, are not willing to pay. Not, not willing to be that strange bird. Hey, I'm going to preach that sometime. The old speckled bird. I wonder why she's speckled. <laughs> I know what Revelation says. All nations, all kindreds, all tongues. It's going to be a part of the kingdom of God. From all race, from all color, from all walks. Now what's this? Does God have a color? Y'all, I wasn't expecting this this morning, but does the spirit have a color? And so, when the Bible has taught us in Genesis one twenty-seven, He made all men and women in the image of God. Does that include everybody? Regardless of the color? Now I know. Well, I'm fixing to show enough. <laughs> I know we get to that place of cultures and we get to all these other things. But you're going to see here that God's judgment didn't come against Moses for marrying an Ethiopian, which many believe is black. So, uh, maybe I should have left this alone, huh? Hath he not spoken also by us? And watch this in this part, the second verse. 
And the Lord heard it. Now watch the next verse. It's in parentheses, but watch the next verse. You hear it all the time. <laughs> now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which were upon the face of the earth. But if he ever needed to be a meek man, this is going to be the time. This is going to be the episode because, man, he's in battle with, with brother and sister in the home that, that don't understand why he married who he married. And to the point that, you know what? You're not the only one that's done the speaking. You're not the only one spiritual in this thing. Now watch this. You do a, a study on Seymour. A black man, Seymour. Haywood. Haywood. Did you know he was a black man? He was an educated black man in the 20s that pastored a church that run over a thousand that was 50% black and 50% white. You know what broke that up? Organizations said that's not good. Guess who was the main man that, that, that stood in the gap as a very young black man? When it came to the, the battle, the very peak of the battle of Trinitarian and oneness. Dr. Haywood, him and Brother Urshan, Elder Brother Urshan, sitting together against all the big Trinitarians assemblies of that day. Said finally was all over with, said the main guy, the main spokesman for the assemblies, kind of made a remark. He said, well, we know that Brother Hay would stubble. It's a lot of his words. It said, Brother Haywood just kind of sat there a little while. Then all of a sudden, he says, Everybody ought to know. Everybody ought to know. Who Jesus is. You see, I'm afraid what's happened, if we're not careful, it will, we'll, we, we hype apostolics up to a place, into an emotional realm. But you know what? This thing's coming down to a battle now. And we've got to be willing to fight. And revival is, is it's not just going to be in... It's going to be an awe. And we might just be shocked. What God. If we'd really open the doors up. Of what God. Might just do. So. As you see here. Watch this. So God comes down. Because this is one of the first struggles of this situation. So what are you saying? Racist struggle. Has been. A long, long time. And you know what? The enemy 
is the one that's used it as one of the greatest methods to cause division and separation and killing one another. Both in churches and upon our land. But it ought not have been. <laughs> I know it's going over good. You steady it out. That's all I can tell you. Steady it out. Because here it is. And the Lord spake suddenly unto Moses and unto Aaron and unto Miriam. He spoke to all three of them. They knew. Hey, Aaron couldn't say, oh, Moses, you just want us to come. Oh, no. But he, when he heard it, he comes down. And he speaks, amen, to all three of them. Amen. Come out ye three unto the tabernacle of the congregation. And they, and they, three, they three came out. And the Lord came down in the pillar of the cloud and stood in the door of the tabernacle called Aaron and Miriam. And they both came forth. He calls them, buddy. Come in. In the cloud. He calls them. He said, hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will speak or make myself known unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. And this is how God spoke to a lot of prophets and individuals even to this day. That's 100%. But you watch what he says about Moses. My servant Moses, it's not so. I won't come to him in a vision or in a dream. He... Who is faithful in all my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth. What is he saying? When I speak, there won't be no interpreters. It's going to be face to face. It won't be a dark saying. It won't need, need interpretation. It won't need somebody, amen, to figure out what it's saying. is some riddle or something. Oh no. Moses, amen. He's going to be different than any prophet I ever had. I'm going to speak to him face to face. So God himself came down and took on this battle. This, this situation. Hmm. So we get a little idea here now. Of more about what God can do and will do for prophets. And speaking to them and ministering unto them or through them. So here's what we got to watch. You cannot claim equal authority, amen, because this is exactly what Aaron and Miriam tried to do. They tried to claim equal authority in spiritual leadership with Moses, but it was not so. That's the reason the Bible has warned us and helped us to understand some things about it. Now, let, let me say this, and I'm, I'm trying to, I, I know i got a lot to hear now my words. If there be a prophet among you, the Lord will make myself known unto him. I'm going to do this again, but here's, i got to read this. Him in a vision will speak unto him a dream. My servant Moses is not so who is faithful in my house. With him will I speak mouth to mouth, even apparently and not in dark speeches. And in the similitude of the Lord shall be hold. What is he trying to slay? It's going to be clearly. It's going to be with clear visibility. There won't be no if and ends and maybes about it. You won't be able to find a way around it. You know what? We could see in these last days some prophets that are raised up that will definitely be the voice of God. And we'll know it. Because there's a lot of people, and I mentioned this Wednesday night, there's a lot of folks out there now 
And the more we open ourselves up to technology, and the more we watch YouTube, and the more we get on live stream, you're going to open yourself up to a lot of it. And if you're not anchored in this, they're going to get you. Because they got the talk. They got the shine. And they don't have some separation, some things. I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. False prophets. They had them way back there. And Peter warned us they're going to be in our day. And you know what? I believe in this sent time. It's going to be a lot of them. It's going to be, going to be raised up. This pandemic's raising some of them. But they don't believe in wholeness. They don't believe in separation. They got some good principles. They got some good doctrines. But they don't believe in the foundation. And they don't believe in one God. And you can't please God without believing in one God. Because there's only one. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One. All right. What's a little different this morning, ain't it? <clears throat> well, and there's a lot of this I want to cover, and I realize my time is not going to allow me. Uh, let me just start trying to uh, shoot through some of this. For instance, when you go to Deuteronomy, 13, 1 and 5. Let's, let's go to the false prophets. Uh, I've taught we, we believe in true prophets, don't we? we we've, we've got enough experience. We know that. In fact, um, we ought to be praying. I've mentioned this to the church. It's been some time since I've mentioned a long time. Um, uh, the fivefold ministry. Uh, I, I believe that apostles, prophets, uh, but prophets, amen. We need to pray for, the, for, for prophets like never before. That God would raise up some prophets. I believe every church needs a prophet. We, we depended on Brother McCain on that area a good bit. But uh, I believe every church has a prophet. I believe that God can uh, designate us a prophet. Amen. That can come through and, and, and build the confidence and the faith of the people. Amen. That's how it's more effective. Now, everybody can say what they want to. Uh, whenever they come through and they speak some things and, and, and they, in the will of God, the heart of God, and you know that, uh, it, it helps. And uh, that, that's the purpose of a prophet. And that's the reason of a prophet. Uh, but why is that so important? You've got to have true prophets because there's a lot of false prophets out there. And so when you go to the false prophets and later on in the, the lesson here, you go to Deuteronomy 13. If there arise among you, and he gives us a description of how to identify, how to recognize. Um, the, this is, again, here's another area of the importance of discernment of spirit. Discernment of spirit. Yeah. To have a certain uh, of being able to discern the spirit. So where is it coming from? Is that from God? Or is that just from an individual? Or is it from the devil? Amen. So, so then you got the spirits of the world. Amen. And so we got to know. We got to know where they're coming from. I'd love to tell you this morning that we don't never make any mistakes. That we as apostolic Jesus name people. We walk in the gifts and we handle them just right. But, but any of you that's ever heard Brother Shoutwell. Amen. He, he done a very good job one time talking about that. Back when he was just a young minister. Said he went to a service and said... Tongues interpretations were given, and um, he could even tell. He said, "Man, said at times, man, it was good, and at times, yeah. so." But he was confused. But but he was right with the elder minister, 
on the way home after that service. And he said, finally, um, after so long in the vehicle, he said he just couldn't handle it anymore. He said, all right, brother, and called him by name. I don't remember his name. He said, what was going on tonight? What was that about? Because he, he just knew. He said, hey, something would. And he said, that brother told him. He said, I can tell you what happened. He said, sometimes he's in the spirit. And said, sometimes in the flesh. Our lad, the writer of the lesson even mentioned that. We're prone to sometimes being man. Want to add to it. Want to put into it. We do that with our singing. We do that with our preaching. We'll do that with our worship. <laughs> so don't jump on the prophet. That went over good too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. It's just, why? Your flesh. Your flesh. Come on. I mean, we're not exempt from it. We all got a certain. And you know what? Brother Parker used to put it this way. Godly pride. There is a certain, a certain thing called godly pride. How many of you take pride in your work? You ought to take pride in your work. That's one thing that's wrong with America. She's quit taking pride in her work. She just wants to hurry up and get through and get the money and leave. Regardless of how she has a good job. We don't believe in that. But there is a God in pride. Because you cannot let pride uh, to elevate self. Now, now watch this. All this ties into the body. Okay, The gifts are given to edify who? The body. We never walk in the gifts to edify self. If we do, then guess what's running the gift? Guess what? That can happen sometimes. After you become familiar of being used in that way. Well, why are you talking about this? Because this church is heading back in that direction. Because that's where we ought to be. Because that's how God helps perfect this church. And without the operating the gifts of the Spirit, that's like trying to have a church without a pastor. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's where we've got as apostolics. We've got to get back to some old landmarks and some powerful moves of God, moves of the Holy. This is how it happens. Huh. That's the reason we need a prophet. We need a prophet, amen, that just drives up out there and somebody sees that automobile and says, hmm. They almost want to turn around and go back home. Say, oh, my goodness, the man's here. I got to get in that prayer room. I got to get on God. Why? Because you fear you. you. That's right. There's nothing wrong with that. Having a such a, you know what? Because, you know what? If God sent him here, he loves us. He cares about it. That's what God, God didn't do that. To destroy the body, but to edify and build up. Does anybody need to be edified? Does anybody need to be built up? Does anybody need assistance? Guess what? God's got a way, but you know what? We're prone to such a, hey, I don't like that stuff now. That, boy, that, that, that makes me a little. And we sure enough don't like it when he starts calling our loved ones out and start naming sin and start saying, hey, if you don't. Boy, we showed up, did Because that, that was my baby. <laughs> But this is how it works. It's how it operates. And so, so here we get a little idea of Moses' writings to us about a false prophet. If there arise among you a false prophet or a dreamer of dreams. You know one thing that's got big around us, especially, it's maybe not as much, but here in the last few years, was people dying and going where? And they tell me all this stuff about seeing so-and-so inside of this one and all this and this Trinity stuff and all that. And we ought to have enough Holy Ghost and Word of God in us. I'm not buying the book. It's a lie. I don't care whose baby's seen it. 
Boy, you're ugly. No, I'm not. All of that's tactics and means of the devil. Deceiving people, lying to people. That's flesh, glorifying flesh. <laughs> we can't do that. <laughs> so anyway. Let me get back up here. I said. Also, dreamers, give thee a sign or a wonder. Now, watch it. Give a sign or a wonder. They're going to do some things. They're going to do some things. They'll blow some people's mind. And the sign or the wonder come to pass. It happens. It transpires. Boy, they prophesy about something or talk about some kind of wonder. And it happens. But watch him. Whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods. You can always go back to the foundation. You can always go back, amen, to the book. You can always go back. I, I mean, if, if somebody comes to you and they got a dream and they got all this, they want to tell you, and they're, they're, they say, I've heard from God and all this, and uh, you, you ask them a few questions. You believe in one God? Ask them, you believe in Jesus' name, baptism? You believe in the Holy Ghost? Amen. Now, you do what you want to. I'm not, I'm sorry, I just, I'm just not going to take what all these, because if he ain't got the foundation right, what is, what, why do I would think he's got all this other stuff right? To speak into my life, especially, amen, when he's saying, God said it. First thing I'm going to do is say, hey, God, talk to me. I'm talking about somebody just come out of nowhere. I'm just talking about somebody... Well, I'm going to be careful here, but I can. <laughs> folks, I'm going to tell you something. I got a big problem with these folks that looks like Jezebels. Men that want to look like the world. Dressed up. Want to be. I'll tell you, I, I, that turns me off quick. It really does. I don't mean to be ugly. I'm rude about none of that, but I'm telling you, huh? Anyway, here we go. Now, it's going to happen. Moses is letting us know these kind of folks are going to exist. This place is going to be bombarded with them, with technology. I'm warning you today, getting on that phone and live streaming and all that, it comes with it. You can put up the first Pentecostal church in Arkansas. But when you look to the right a little bit, you're going to start seeing no telling who else. And if you tap into it, now I'm with the 100% that, hey, that, you know what? That's the reason some of our brothers decided to do this. Say, hey, we might as well get in the game. We might as well put it out there. And, and hopefully, prayerfully, we can win some folks. Because right the opposite's happening, too. But you and I have got to be mature enough, Holy Ghost enough, Word of God grounded enough not to be suckered into that. And realize that's false. Just because it sounds good, I mean, it looks good, you know, because they'll have us, watch this, they'll have a certain amount of truth. That's our problem today. We got too many, it's got a little piece of the pie, and they think that's going to get the job done. No, you got to have the whole pie. You've got to buy the field to get the treasure. You can't just come in and get, well, I just want this little acre. 
you know, that's like going out with somebody and you're going to buy 5,000 acres. Amen. But it's only 50 acres is worth the hoot. And you're just going to pay for the 50 acres let them pay for the. It doesn't work that way, does it? Same way with this. And so he tells us, he helps us understand. The first thing you can start is worship. Who you worship. Where are you headed? Where are they pulling you to? And whenever they start pulling you from doctrines that you know that's right, that you've been uh, biblically taught, even from Sunday school, such as, ladies, don't cut your hair. Don't put all the makeup on. Don't do this. Uh, same way with attire. Modesty. What's wrong with modesty? Man, there ain't nothing wrong with modesty. Covering yourself. I like covering myself. Don't you like covering yourself? I'd be very, very embarrassed if I come out here not covered. I'd be probably more embarrassed than you would be. <laughs> Saying, oh my God. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, uh, but that's the truth. Okay? But we, but we want to know this, folks. I'm telling you, modesty has slipped away from what most, most, most of these places out there now. And, and, and you know, and most of them you think, uh, I don't know why I've got on this like this, but, but, but a lot of them, you know, some of them's good people and they sound good and all this other stuff. But you can't, you can't, you can't dress like a Jazzy Bell. And not, not, not for that spirit, not to be there. For, for it's, I mean, anyway, it, it's trying to lead you to worship another God. Or it could be to worship a different way. So that means you've got to forsake how you've been worshiping him. And when you, well, why is it so important where you go to church? And why is it so important you worship? The first murder that was ever taken place in the Bible upon this earth was over worship. It was over worship. That's what it was over. So. He says. Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet. Or that dreamer of dreams. For the Lord your God proveth you. To know whether ye love the Lord your God. With all of your heart and with all of your soul. Are you hearing me this morning? Listen to me. The opportunity is going to come. God's going to see to it. They're coming. He's going to prove your heart. God's going to prove your heart. He's going to send somebody. They're going to have the dreams. They're going to prophesy. They're going to be talking some stuff. Because he wants to know what's in our heart. He does that out of love. It's too late, too late, too late, too, too late to wait till judgment day. I'd much rather it all start now. And get it all right now. Before I ever. And send it ahead of me. With a prayer of repentance and putting it under the blood. Then the wait to get there and all of a sudden he reaches into my heart. In the little chamber of my heart that I would never let him or nobody else enter. He reaches in there and pulls it out. But see God's got a way with these folks. To pull some things out if it's there. To reveal it. To make it known. To let us know if it exists or not. We can stand. I'm about through. He goes on. Now this is Deuteronomy 13, 1 through 5. He shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him and keep his commandments and obey his voice. And he shall serve him and cleave unto him. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death.
I mentioned this a little while back, and, and I'll be honest with you. I really feel it was just the Holy Ghost. Probably me probably as much as anything. <laughs> About who we're careful, who we listen to. We're, we, we give ourselves more so in the musical department, in the singing department, to others. And we, and we, we do in preaching. But could there be a flag coming up here and warning us that that's, a, that's just a pre-runner? And if we're not careful, if we're not careful with the technology now, we're fixing to be introduced to some folks and some speakers and... Man, they got their conferences and they, they, they are astounding people and they got their lights and they got the glamour. They even going to have wonders and they're going to have signs and they're going to have people being healed. And Could it be that God wants to know where's my church going to stand now? Have I really been bought and I'm not for sale? At any cost, I'm not for sale. Y'all can have the glamour. Y'all can all that. But I know he's not true. Now here's the key. In Moses' day, they put him to death. They killed him. Now you and I cannot, you know, load up our gun and drive up there and pow. <laughs> Sorry, we can't do it. But I tell you what we can do. We can kill him, his voice in our lives. That once we realize and say, you know what, that's no good. I'll never go to that button again. I'll never entertain or give it an opportunity again. Don't kid yourself. There's some churches even around here in places. They got some. They got some speakers that'll blow your that that'll outdo me ten to one. But they're not on truth. Neither they have the spirit of truth. A lot of it's just a facade. It's just a front. Nothing sound to it. And on, on the last day of the, the Trump sounds, it's going to be one of the biggest shock waves of this country. A shock wave. A lot of people didn't make it. They thought they was. I can't tell you the one that stood in my face and, and actually in a rebellious way. We got it. We right. No matter what anybody says. I've had some to say that. Care who's sitting around. I wear what I want to wear. I don't say a whole lot. I just let it go. You know why? Because there's some things you just have to leave in God's hand. And Moses found himself. And I believe that scripture is really put there for that reason. And God took on that battle. And so what I'm, the point I'm trying to make to some of us, even with family, you've got to stand to this truth, this apostolic doctrine, this one God message, this Jesus name baptism, living a different life, a called out life, a godly life. It's on us. Let's do it. Let's live for God. You know why? God wants some prophets out of this church. Now, I didn't get to cover all of it, but there are some, also some ladies. It's mentioned several times of being prophets, used of God. 
So you're not exempt. You can be used. But you got to make yourself available. But next thing, huh, you got to make sure you get your mind made up that I'm going to be a soldier for God. Because I promise you one thing. When God begins to use you and you become the mouth of God upon this earth, the devil's going to do everything he can to destroy you. Okay? I know it's been a little different, but um, there's a lot to this. I'd love to, really, I could spend a couple of hours on this. A couple of more hours. Upon this topic, upon uh, all that it deals with. Uh, when you start talking about Jeremiah, and you're talking about Ezekiel, you talk about times of prophecy. There was times they actually performed it. They acted it out. There was times, watch this, there was time when Saul was first called. The spirit of prophecy moved upon, and he prophesied with them. There's, when they brought this topic, buddy, it's, it's huge. But you and I need to understand it in our end time. Because what could be more affected huh, than to know the voice of God and the heart and the will of God in where we're at today? And make sure we're walking in the perfect will of God. Because folks, there's going to be a lot of chaos. A lot of pain. A lot of trouble. And what you're going to tell them when they ask you, where's your God? And the real test is going to be not getting knocked off yourself. In time. Love you. Appreciate you. So thankful. I believe the Lord's let the weather maybe clear up a little bit. So that's good. It may not be as bad. Hopefully we're going to pray, continue praying throughout this afternoon. We will not try to have service tonight just out of respect to all of that. And uh, so let's pray. Especially pray for those that's in the path of this storm that God would just show him them mercy and grace. And uh, especially those that's willing to call out. Now somebody wants to be an idiot. I don't mean that ugly, but I mean, you know, I mean, so be it. But if somebody out there with sincerity and whatever, because you know what? Here's the bad part about some of this. Some people don't have the means and the resources or individuals to help them. They're stuck. And God knows. God knows every individual case. And so let's pray. Let's pray that God would just keep them. Okay. All right. Love you and appreciate you. Sister Lisa, you want something? Okay. Okay. Let's pray for Kimber. They got a bad report. Uh, the lungs have been damaged from all accounts. And so they, they need a miracle. So why don't we just come gather around and uh, pray for Kimber. Uh, for God to uh, move on her behalf this morning. Uh, she's been one that we've been praying for her for a while. And we know the length that she's been on the vent. That's not good. She's got two babies and uh, a husband and uh, that responsibility of those children. I mean, it's just a, you know, so we're going to take a moment here this morning and uh, just ask God to shine, to look down and uh, move on her behalf uh, here this morning. Um, you know, God can do this. God can do that. Sister, well, why don't you come in and stand for her, stand in for her this morning. 
You know, prayer changes things. Prayer can really change the outcome of this. And if that was my girl, I'd know what I would be. Somebody to touch God. I'd be telling God, if I can't touch you, raise somebody up to touch you. I mean, uh, that would be my heartbeat. That would be my desire and theirs. Uh, so let's, let's do that this morning. Uh, and, you know, who knows what God might just do. Because God can take care of the scars. God can take care of all of it. He can put life back into those lungs. He created them to start with. And uh, he knows all the ins and outs. And so, you know, we're going to ask him to minister unto her here this morning. I believe the Lord can take care of this. Amen. Feel a sweet touch of the Lord here this morning. Praise God. Amen. Let me say this also. I don't know if any needs a place to, for tonight. If you don't have the proper structure and you like, uh, there's going to be some that's going to stay here at the church. Uh, I know Sister Buford is and uh, probably some possibly some more so if anyone's needs a place or like to have a place uh, be welcome to okay all right any other announcements complaints gripes okay love you appreciate you we'll see you Wednesday night everybody stay safe